Coming to a restaurant row near you soon. Taco Bell opening a digital-only restaurant in Times Square. You know, kind of digital because you're still going to be able to get booze there from real people. So they're going to open up a Taco Bell where you can get booze, but it also is going to be a digital-only fast food joint, except you're going to be able to have to go to a bartender, the human that's waiting at the counter to give you the booze. Not quite sure. So you place your orders and you pay at one of the 10 kiosks. And opposite the kiosk stands a wall of locked cubbies that dispense the tacos, burritos, and chips and fries. The cubbies, uh, you know, look like the automats that we used to see in movies from the 50s. So you can see they've got the open kitchen, so you can see everything getting made, and you can see them being put in their little heated cubbies, and then the light comes up pink and you type in your little order number on the touchscreen and the door opens hopefully now they're still going to have a human being there as i said because the human being will take your orders and accept payments and also you know serve you the drinks and check ids you're going to be able to get uh, beer on tap twisted freezies with rum tequila or vodka as well as white claw drinks so you know, okay, I, I guess it's kind of cool. I, you know, if it was all automated, okay, but still, I'd be interested to see if the person, I wonder if the person behind the counter, if you go up and say, yeah, I'd like, uh, you know, 10 tacos and a couple orders of cheese fries. I wonder if the behind the counter, you have to use one of the kiosks. I can't take your order here. Um, all I do is take, if you want, do you want a drink? Do you want a beer? You want a white claw? No, you want just want a soda? Yeah, you got to get that through the kiosk. That might be a little frustrating, just a tad frustrating. But it sounds as if Taco Bell is going to start bringing their digital-only fast food joint and bar around America. So we'll see if it works out in Times Square or not. Welcome, welcome to chewing the fat. <laughs> I know, I know, it's a sad day for those of you listening live on the 14th of April, 2021. Uh, Bernie Madoff passed away today. He was 82 years of age. I mean, it's possible I should have done a retro for him. I mean, uh, Bernard Madoff, whose name became synonymous with... Synonymous? Can't even speak whose name became synonymous with financial fraud, died while serving a 150-year sentence in federal prison. I mean, in February of last year, he petitioned the court for an early release from prison, stating he had terminal kidney failure and a life expectancy of less than 18 months. But the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York said crime that Bernie did was unprecedented in scope and magnitude and is sufficient reason to deny his request. I mean, it was only a $20 billion Ponzi scream. It was only 
<laughs> the only largest financial fraud in history. So they originally imposed the 150-year sentence, denied the actual, the original judge, Denny Chin, uh, who was the original judge who imposed the 150-year sentence, denied the request for release, calling his crime one of the most egregious financial crimes of our time and one that continued to take staggering human toll. Yeah, no kidding. The uh, symbolism of a 150-year sentence was important. And I don't necessarily disagree. Um, Bernie, up until his death, lived with guilt and remorse for his crimes. Did he? Okay. We shall uh, We shall see. He was famously uh, delivering uh, astronomical returns for his investors, which included Steven Spielberg, Kevin Bacon, Kara Sedgwick, New York Mets owner Fred Wilpon. He served as chairman of the NASDAQ for several years. <laughs> I mean, I just read a story about his wife. She's living, I think, in, I want to say, New Jersey and some in some apartment complex. And she, only a few people know you know who she is and her life is just completely turned upside down we'll see i I, it was just an amazing thing anyway um he uh he died and his brother made up bernie's brother peter also served 10 years for his involvement in the scheme and he was let out you know eight or nine years ago so bernie was i mean well bernie was the mastermind so bernard madoff synonymous with financial fraud died in federal prison in butner north carolina at the federal medical center dead at the age of 82 the cause of death was not released you know i wonder if they could say it was covid because i see where fema is accepting applications for up to $9,000 for COVID-19 funeral expenses. So if they say it has anything to do with COVID, uh, they might get some help. The family might get a little little help for the funeral. (laughs) They give a number to call. Here's a hotline for you. I mean, this is their hotline from this story. 844-684-6333. 844-684-6333 to apply up to $9,000 in assistance per burial. Now, FEMA has aided families with disaster-related burial costs in the past. COVID-19 effort is the largest of its type. Some $2 billion was allocated as part of the $900 billion relief deal that Congress approved in December. And while we have the $1.9 trillion package that, uh, you know, last month bolstered it by providing the agency with an additional $50 billion to use for coronavirus-related costs. Wow. So to qualify, the death must have occurred in the U.S. or its territories. Bernie did. Funeral expenses must have been occurred, incurred after January 20th, 20, uh, January 20th 2020, which they will. The death certificate must indicate that the death was attributed to or likely caused by COVID-19 or coronavirus-like symptoms. So you got to get that taken care of, Madoffs. 
got to make sure that the prison <laughs> locks that in and maybe the prison will because if the prison has to bury him i mean they call it COVID and they get the relief right and i would no prisons wouldn't lie about something like that that's just that's just dumb of me to think that something like that would actually happen but anyway you have 562,000 people at the time of this story uh, have died from COVID-19 in the United States. Wow. I don't even want to look at the numbers now. I mean, we haven't looked at the COVID-19 numbers in quite some time. Maybe we'll give a look at them. Let's see. Wow. So we've got 138,344,573 coronavirus cases around the world, 2,977,136 deaths around the world. Let's take a look at the United States of America, shall we? According to this, the USA has 577,273 deaths. Wow. So that's pretty close. Uh, this story said, what, five, seven, 562. So, I mean, obviously more people have died since the writing of this story. So you still have an opportunity to get $9,000 in assistance per burial from FEMA from COVID-related death. So be interesting to see what they tag Bernie Madoff's death as down there at the Federal Medical Center in the prison at Butner, North Carolina. Hmm. Wonder what they'll say was the cause of his death. Hmm. 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 You know, speaking of prisons and, you know, being unhealthy in prison, I told you they were having the big deal about Harvey Weinstein trying to, you know, get him to California from New York. I mean, he's serving his 23-year sentence in New York, and I said that they had postponed it last time when L.A. was trying to get him, and I said that they would probably, you know, postpone it again. They did until the end of the month apparently harvey is going blind and has lost several teeth behind bars remember he had the covid square scare and the sickness in prison so he is fighting that extradition to los angeles on the fresh sex crimes indictment and apparently (laughs) the uh la attorney filled out the paperwork wrong as well uh really really incredible he said that uh he said that uh, hey uh you know the new paperwork um says a uh was part of the felony complaint number but this is a new indictment so that means it's a new case number and that should be on the papers so i don't even have their paperwork right and so the erie county assistant da scolded Effman, the attorney for Weinstein, for not raising the paperwork issue sooner. No, that's he's doing his job. Good job. That's what's supposed to happen. It's called uh, representing your client. Because you know they're saying, "Oh, hey, uh, it's humanitarian to all people involved, including the victims in this case." Is that the crime? That the time is of the essence. Maybe for you, it's not of the essence of Harvey. I'll tell you that. He's already trying to, you know, get himself out of jail for the judge doing wrong things to him on this on this case. I don't want to go to L.A. So anyway, they're going to rule. They gave him another week or so, and they're going to file on the motion to challenge the extradition on April 
30th. And then he's going to probably, you know, if they if it works out, he's still going to need help from Governor Cuomo. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck getting help from him, Harvey. No way. He's got enough heat on him. He starts uh he starts giving you help, man. You want to talk about heat on Harvey Weinstein? Uh, you are talking some big trouble. So apparently Harvey is not doing well at all. I told you that he's going blind. He needs an eye, an eye operation. He's scheduled for dental procedures. Incredible. He's lost teeth. Prison is unhealthy. You can quote me on this. Prison is unhealthy. And you know, I don't think it matters what state you're in. Prison is unhealthy. Now, regular, regular prison I'm talking about. Not jail and not, uh, you know, the little uh, minimum security places, but prison, hardcore prison that's unhealthy. Man, I don't think it matters what state you're in. I see where states have been ranked in a new YouGov uh, poll. And what started it was I see a story that New Jersey is peeved about their ranking in this poll. So maybe you ought to think about making your state better. But that's just a thought. They were ranked 48th, 48th, according to this new poll. So all 50 states were shown in addition to Washington, D.C., but territories were not included. They asked people to choose the better of two states in a series of head-to-head matchups. States are rated based on their win percentage. That is how often that state won the head-to-head matchup when it was one of two states shown. Hawaii, which is well known for its beautiful beaches and warm weather, took the top spot by winning 69% of its matchups with its scenic mountains, hiking paths, and recreational marijuana industry, Colorado took second place with 65% of the matches won. Now, some of this, like Hawaii, you can't even go visit that state now unless you stay 10 days or you're vaccinated, unless you, you know, you've got you to stay away from all humans for 10 days or be vaccinated now. So I mean, it's kind of a pain to go there. But when you look at these rankings of states, pretty incredible uh, how they come along. Now, it talks about the number of people that they asked. Not very many. So 1,211 U.S. adults were asked to choose in this, in this ranking. So, I mean, I guess it's okay from YouGov. But let's look at the rankings, shall we? So we talked about Hawaii and Colorado, one and two. So the top 10, the top 10 best states ranked according to this poll, coming in at number 10, Texas. Number nine, Georgia. Wow, that might be, that might change depending on when did they, when did they do this? Yeah, March 12th through the 15th. So things may have changed in that time. So, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I would be interested to see if this was done again right now how these states would be ranked so texas number 10 georgia number nine new york number eight era i think these states are standing on their past laurels man arizona number seven florida number six north carolina number five 
Nevada, number four. Virginia, number three. And Colorado and Hawaii are round out the top as two and number one. Uh, pretty incredible. But states like New York and Georgia, they're living on past laurels, man. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Now, what New Jersey was mad about is that they were 48th. <laughs> that's awesome so only mississippi which i love mississippi and alabama those two states are beautiful wow 49th and 50th that's pretty amazing i could i could live in mississippi and alabama if i had to you know i didn't say i wanted to but i could live there I, i like them they're beautiful states they're actually uh alabama and mississippi both were so much more uh so much better than I thought when I ended up going into those states, you know, and you start traveling around and you start saying, wow, this is, this isn't bad. This isn't bad at all. Same with Missouri, 43rd Missouri. There's been a lot of time in Missouri. It's a lot better. You know, another state is better than I, and I'm going to say this out loud and I'm, I won't admit this really, but is Oklahoma, Oklahoma ranked 35th. And I know, you know, if you're from Texas and you're blood, Texas, you don't like Oklahoma. I mean, I have a friend. I've even told this story before, but I have a friend that lives here in DFW who was born and raised in Texas. He was born in Big Spring, Texas, out in West Texas. And he always talks about he doesn't like living this close to Oklahoma because you can smell it. <laughs> that, my friends, is a real Texan. But uh, they were mad New Jersey is 48th. You're lucky to make 48th. And the bottom 10, let's see where we're at. All right, we got Kansas, 41. Yeah, Kentucky, ooh, Missouri, South Dakota, Indiana, Iowa, Arkansas, New Jersey. Arkansas is beautiful, too. New Jersey, Mississippi, Alabama. Wow. And the rest of you are all in the middle, so get over it. (laughs) You're like, yeah, okay, that's fine. No problem. California is 12th wow They're, these states are living on their on their future on their, their past laurels man pennsylvania yeah i mean if you're from pennsylvania incredible now one of the one of the things that they found in this study when they asked people where they were from and where they were living so YouGov asked respondents, regardless of where you live now, which state do you consider yourself to be from? And also, regardless of where you are from, which state do you live in now? Americans chose their home state 77% of the time. Wow. And virtually the same as how often they selected their current state of residence, 79%. Wow, so 79% of the people are living in the same state that they're from. That's pretty incredible. That's a that's an interesting stat because I mean, I was born and raised in Michigan and I I know that's my home state and and I and I and, you know, and I guess it plays a, you know, a place in my heart, but Florida I would consider to be from uh, you know, I'm regardless where you're from, what state do you live now? I mean, I, I, I'm from Michigan. I live in Texas, but I would really, I mean, I feel like Florida is my home state. I don't know. I don't know. You know, 
that's my wife was born in pennsylvania and she you know is all about pennsylvania no matter what uh any other state is not pennsylvania and why would people want to live in any other state that's where she's at so and they are where what did i say 17th on the ranking of states in america and michigan is 20th yeah wow florida's way up there though number six baby i'm living two states are strong in my heart florida and texas they're both in the top 10 yeah baby let's go to the break room i need something cold to drink desperately Oh my god. I don't know if I've told you this before, but that is good. Just a reminder to subscribe to this podcast. If you're listening and you're not a subscriber, if you're freeloading on someone else's account, don't don't freeload. Nobody likes a freeloader, okay? Just choose a platform that you like, that warms the cockles of your heart, and then become a subscriber to chewing the fat. You can subscribe, and then you're a freeloading subscriber then, okay? You're not a freeloader. You're a freeloading subscriber. So it makes your life and mine that much better. And if you're listening to this and you've been sneaking around, listening to this podcast, just pretending like you don't want to subscribe, you could be like Ethan, who emailed me and said, you know, for the last several years, I've watched Pat Gray every morning effectively making it part of my morning routine as important as my coffee and i you know on behalf of pat thank you every week i look forward to seeing you on the show on wednesdays and fridays especially during football season thank you again i appreciate it i've heard you plug chewing the fat for probably a few years now and the last week you successfully converted me from a lead to a new loyal listener I listened to Chewing the Fat for the first time. I couldn't believe what I had been missing. See? Even Ethan knows. Uh, he proceeded to go on a three-hour Chewing the Fat listening binge. I, I, I'm sorry about that. I have no control over that. Okay? There's a new show every day. Sometimes I even post one on Saturday. It's been a while. But I do post some stuff on my YouTube channel now on some of the off days of the podcast. So, you know, subscribe to the Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher YouTube channel as well. And some of those interviews on my YouTube channel just live there. They don't live on this podcast. So anyway, uh, thank you, Ethan. Thank you. It's very kind words, and I really appreciate it. I also want to say thanks to Larry, who sent me an email, chewingthefatattheblaze.com, saying that it was a blast to meet me. He met me at Pat's cookie party the grand opening this past weekend uh Kexi cookies he now i'll read you the email that larry sent saying uh, sir fisher jeffy uh if i may well yeah you, you can i mean that's okay it was a blast to meet you and the other two hangers on last saturday so he was there even when Stu was there Stu didn't stay around very long mr just stopped by to get some free cookies but anyway uh while uh you're not the god wait i didn't see that part in this email whatever larry um you're still the entertainment and idea god to me okay all right fine i'll let that one go i still want to be like you when i grow up no you don't i mean i appreciate it and it's kind and that makes me feel good but you don't i listened to your podcast even back when you were still in tampa but i was glad when you made it to this side of the gulf and i really enjoyed 
getting to meet you and continue to pray for your health and future success. Thank you very much, Larry. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming to Kexi Cookies, Kexi.com. And uh, already, man, they are so good. I said this morning on Pat's show, I love the caramel Kexi cookies, the scrumptious, total, truly scrumptious cookies. The caramel is and has been my favorite for since the beginning. But I had the hot chocolate cookie this weekend for the first time. It may have. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It may have jumped to the lead. It is so good. It's got marshmallows on the top and this marshmallow center, which is so good. Oh, my gosh. Now, if you're like the one dingleberry that's one of the hangers-ons, you know, but that goes by the name of Stew, that doesn't eat marshmallows, because <laughs> it's got something that's got, it's just so they come from, it's made from animal bones, okay? It's like animal dust. That's what they make marshmallows out of. And I say, so? <laughs> but if you have a problem with marshmallows, I get it, whatever. You're fine. You don't have to eat it. Go to the caramel and just be happy with that. Okay? Okay. Anyway, I wanted to thank Ethan and Larry for the kind words in their emails. Thank you for the kind words. Thank you for listening to Chewing the Fat. Thank you for subscribing. And for those of you, as this all started out, to make this come full circle, for those of you that are just sitting there listening to the show and not being a subscriber, just freeload and stop being a freeloader and become a freeloading subscriber by subscribing to Chewing the Fat, okay? So Dante Wright, uh, you know, I know that he died at the hands of police. I get it. And it was horrible. And we talked about it yesterday. Isn't it funny how... We find out now that he had a warrant out for his arrest, and it was for aggravated robbery, choking and holding a woman at gunpoint for $820. He absolutely knew there was a arrest warrant out for his arrest. It wasn't just the air freshener hanging from his mirror, and it wasn't just for the out-of-date license plate which by the way was you know you get pulled over for that if you don't have any other warrants out for you that's it right so uh, and it wasn't just for getting pulled over for that okay he got shot for trying to run away trying to resist arrest i don't understand this thinking and i know that our former president of the united states of america barack obama called to reimagine policing after the death of dante wright oh okay all right i mean i know that he wants to reform policing and to combat systemic racism do you barack and i know your hearts are heavy over yet another shooting of a black man i i yes all of our hearts are heavy. Nobody wants that to happen. But we don't want people who are going to be under arrest to not be arrested and run away. I- I'm sorry, we just don't. Don't resist arrest. I, I just I don't I don't I don't understand. I mean, maybe we should reimagine getting arrested. And let's rethink how people get arrested. Reimagine. Let's reimagine 
getting arrested without trying to resist that arrest and then going to jail and seeing the outcome after that and still being alive. Let's reimagine that, shall we, Barack? While we're reimagining, I don't know what made me think of this story, but I saw where Kelly Clarkson had revealed she once uh, pooped in a trash can at one of her shows. <laughs> I don't know what made me think of that story. I was, for one minute, I was talking about Barack Obama. The next minute, I'm thinking about Kelly Clarkson, you know, pooping in the trash can at one of her shows. I'm not sure what, how those really tie together, but they did. So she says that she had uh, some kind of uh, stomach issue that, uh, you know, was wrecked up according to Kelly, and uh, from a meal that she had ended up uh, running backstage to destroy the trash can. <laughs> now, look, who hasn't gone to the bathroom? I mean, I mean I've, I've been caught, you know, urinating live on the air on television, although if nobody had said anything, you wouldn't have known it was me, right? I mean, I wasn't on the screen you look at that video it's uh i'm being just called out but there's no proof that it's actually me i mean okay afterward after the the case i said it was me but in the beginning it really no way to tell that it was me anyway so this um this little story from kelly she's been going through you know some tough times with her divorce and the kids and the tv show and she's, you know, doing little get-to-know-me stories like this. I don't know if get-to-know-me stories like this goes over well or not. Because I, I always thought that, um, you know, Drew Barrymore was going to take over the, the talk show world for Ellen. Because Ellen is struggling, man. El Ellen is starting to really struggle. So... We'll see, but they are really pushing Kelly and her, you know, down homesiness, and we'll see how she comes out of the out of the divorce. Because if they come out of the divorce, you know, still struggling, it's going to be trouble. So, as you know, a couple times a week, I come in and record uh here at the uh, mercury studios blaze radio network studios because it's wednesday and i come in and do chewing the fat on uh pat gray unleashed so uh you know there are other humans that stumble around this building from time to time and oh look one of them just stumbled in now <laughs> still Brigier. i was just talking about you as a matter of fact a little bit ago uh, uh -oh. i don't recall what <laughs> but uh so i see your little promotion for you're having some anniversary for your show yeah uh the 250th anniversary 250th uh, yeah it's a pretty big deal huh i mean you know that's huge yeah that's huge i remember when i did my 250th. <laughs> it's 250th episode anniversary of the uh of the student show studios america studios america where we're gonna show. be doing a uh power hour now i of course you will remember this from your from your previous days of <laughs> of uh, just egregious drinking and drugging. Yeah, there was a number of days um, like that, that's for sure. <laughs> but Power Hour is you do one shot of beer every minute for an hour. Okay. And so it doesn't seem like it would be difficult because anytime you're doing a shot of beer, what is that? It's not, right. It's like a sip. 
However, when you try to do 60 of them in 60 minutes, it winds up being something like seven and a half That's beers a in 60 minutes. Which is, you know, a decent yeah, amount of every alcohol. Every minute, it comes around fast. You know, you're not just doing it at your own pace. Oh, if yeah. you, and it and it starts to just like it's one of the biggest problems with it. There's just too many bubbles. Like, I mean, it's tar. It's hard to drink seven carbonated beverages in an hour. So many jokes um, with that line. Too many bubbles. <laughs> too many and I'm bubbles. Just letting them go. <laughs> um, so we're going to do that. And the, and the key to this here is it's not just us drinking because while wow, that would be fun for us. When you say us, oh yeah, sorry, uh, me, uh, Chad Prather. Uh, Sarah Gonzalez will be there. Uh, so Chad Jason is still going to involve himself with your show, Mister. <laughs> I'm running for governor. I think this is the most fascinating part of this because I, I on the Power Hour we did a 100th anniversary Power Hour, and the first time we did it, and I asked uh, Chad on the show, I'm like, you're not really running for governor. He's like, yes, I am. I am now. Uh, yeah. Again, he's she's throwing back shots of beer, and it looks like an idiot. And he later vomited in the middle of the show. <laughs> like any good governor would. <laughs> right, like any good governor would. And I was like, well, you know, look, he's going to be now, now he's moving towards us. It seems like he's really doing yeah. it. Yeah. Like he's not going to want to come on and do the power hour now. He's going to, uh, you know, he's like, absolutely, I'm in. Like, no hesitation. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is his path to the to the governor's okay. mansion. Uh, wow. So, uh, Spencer Corson will be there. Jason Butcher will be there. We would invite Jeffy because I think you would be a no, great power want, hour. I do not want your pity offer no, an but invitation. You've told me many times. You are uh, you're in for a marathon, uh, not a sprint. That's correct. And this is That's a sprint. This is a little sprinty yeah, uh, for your sprinty. taste. I, I feel like so. Um, now we are going to be really had to do with food and not drinking, but right, same thing. Yes, it was um, the, uh, for the one thousandth anniversary. We're going to be doing um, a, uh, a a power hour, except with shots of heroin. So I thought for that, I'm we'd bring in. you back in. <laughs> I'm in. Now let's get to that show production right now. All right, Stu, I know you're walking around, stumbling around the building, and you've got an interview with some other dingleberry that yeah. apparently thinks he runs the network. I know. I don't know who. It's just some guy. But uh, I will tell you, it's um, Friday night, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern on, on YouTube, on the YouTube channel, Stu Does America. Make sure you subscribe over there if you can, or if you're on podcast here, you can subscribe. We'll probably release it on audio, although it is a little magical on TV. Yeah, it's you, one you, 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 you might want to watch. without the video. Yeah, yeah, but either way, check it out because it's going to be a lot of fun and we're going to make complete idiots of ourselves attempting to talk politics and real issues as we get slower. And you have a, drunker a, and drunker and drunker. Possible governor of the great state of Texas. <laughs> there you go. Drunk out of his mind. Should be fun. That's a sad state of affairs, I'll tell you. the new tv show unicorn hunters featuring steve wozniak it's going to allow viewers to invest in pre-ipo companies it's going to spotlight uh, up-and-coming growth companies looking to hit the billion dollar unicorn valuation the new streaming tv steer- series uh, entitled unicorn hunters The series has been described as a Shark Tank-style show by its creators. Well, yeah, I mean, they're going to promote it since Shark Tank is a, you know, huge show. When it's going to be on a number of streaming services, according to this. And it's going to debut the 10th of May, 2021. So, you know, the difference, I guess, you know, Shark Tank... uh, has the sharks on the show that can invest in featured companies while unicorn hunters has viewers can get in on the investing that's kind of cool if it uh, i don't know if you're going to see live investing time how that's going to work out or if they're just going to run it on you know following shows um 
I'm interested to see how they're going to show you the sales pitch for investing. But you've got the Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak, uh, Silvina Maschina, and Alex Konyanking, co-founders of Transparent Business, and I know I butchered their names, Rosie Rios, U.S. Treasurer under the Obama administration, Mo Vila, who served under then-Vice President Joe Biden as Director of Administration, and Lance Bass of the musical group NSYNC. So, man, what a great lineup that is, huh? Anytime you can have ties with Barack Obama and Joe Biden, you are doing great. I like Wozniak, though. I mean, he's he's had some you know interesting ideas. So we'll see how it goes. It'll be interesting to see if you can actually, you know, if they're going to get enough viewers to do it live, or how they're going to keep track on when the valuation for the unicorn hits the billion dollar mark if they're going to say hey i think it's good and invest some of their money to give it a boost and which means that if they invest their money you're going to want to follow suit uh that would be interesting that maybe that's how they do it is if they invest then that will make you want to invest because they're going to want it to succeed anyway unicorn hunters coming on uh, a streaming channel near you very soon speaking of joe biden uh, i see where a new um a new poll a presidential election was a fraud filled nightmare (laughs) a new rasmussen report wow 51 percent to 44 percent voters said it is likely that cheating affected the outcome that included 74 percent of republicans and 30 percent of democrats some 47 percent said it's likely democrats stole or destroyed ballots for former president donald trump that included 75 percent of republicans and 30 percent of democrats and even 50 percent said it that it is unlikely ballots were destroyed interesting latest survey to show that much of the nation is stuck in neutral when it comes to moving past the 2020 election especially republicans well trump has done according to this story trump has done little to show that much of the nation is stuck in neutral when it comes to moving past the 2020 election really really i mean they've shut everything down you can't even talk about it all they can talk about is that Joe Biden is our president. You're going to have to live with it. We spent four years, five years, really, almost five years, hearing that uh, Trump was not our president. He's not my president. Not my president. He's not my president. He's not my president. That's all we heard. And now we're supposed to just, hey, we've they've shut everybody down, and they make sure I'm surprised that this poll even made it to the Internet. Except that this, you know, means that, uh, you know, this is their way of saying this is QAnon and the Proud Boys. That's what this is. People just won't let it go. Okay. All right. No problem. Rasmussen said uh, that they asked which is more important, 
making it easier for everyone everybody to vote or making sure there is no cheating in elections 60 percent of likely voters say it's more important to prevent cheating uh, thank you while 37 percent said it's more important to make it easier to vote how much easier can it be 22% of the voters say it is currently too hard to vote. Then don't do it. You know what? Don't vote. 22% of you. If it's too hard to vote, don't vote. 34% said it's too easy to vote. And 41% say the level of difficulty in voting is about right. Isn't that special? The level of it's too, it's too hard to vote. Yeah, I just, it's too hard. It's too hard. They don't just bring me the ballot and tell me who I should vote for. I mean, I still want to say, I still want to have a say, but that's it though. That's it. I mean, it's just, just incredible. But there you have it, my friends. 51% of voters said it is likely that cheating affected the outcome of this election. Huh. 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 Voters are still not letting go with their belief that the 2020 presidential election was a fraud-filled nightmare. And when you look at the man who's supposed to be unifying the country, the president of the United States of America, Joseph Robinette Biden, do you feel unified we do have news from the intelligence, though. Uh, you know, the pandemic could cause civil war in at least a few countries, not ours. Don't be silly. <laughs> oh man, don't even don't even think about that. There's a sure there's a wave of internal crises and even wars could follow the coronavirus pandemic in at least a few and perhaps many countries. That's just a new intelligence community assessment. <laughs> you know, some hard-hit developing countries are experiencing financial and humanitarian crises, increasing the risk of surges in migration, collapsed governments, internal conflict. That's all, though. Don't worry. This is just the annual threat assessment. And sure, it could happen. There could be wars and, and stuff like that, but not here. Not here. What are you kidding me? This is just silly. The social costs of... The public health crisis and the economic consequences of recurrent lockdowns in countries around the world have been apparent over the past year. Haven't they, though? And so the intelligence officials expect those problems to spill over into the military sphere. Wow. That's no kidding. I mean, not here. Wow, that's just silly that you would think that again. Are you still thinking that? No. As people grow more desperate... In the face of interlocking pressures that include sustained economic downturns, job losses, disrupted supply chains, sure, that fallout could happen and create the and worsen the instability, but not here. <laughs> wow, are you dumb to keep thinking that that's going to happen here? <laughs> oh, man. They also uh, are uh, sounding the alarm about the national security threat posed by China. <laughs> no. It was silly. Well, how can that happen? Well, apparently uh, two major recent intelligence assessments uh, 
warning about the aggressive actions of the Communist Party uh, takes to maintain and grow its power in the world. Oh. Hmm. So, China's military, economic, technological, diplomat, cyber theft, uh, malign influence efforts to grow its power. Really? Because they didn't they just say that uh, they were equal to the U.S. now? I mean, which meaning that they believe that we are not the dominant world power? Huh. It's weird how they would think something like that. Nah, that's not. That, that, that can't be. Right? No, it can't be. It's just silly. And I know that, you know, we're not meeting with China. They've kind of backhanded our Secretary of State saying, we don't really answer to you. I know that President Biden is talking about trying to have a summit with Vladimir Putin now of Russia. Well, I mean, uh, that's a little late. Putin already reached out and uh, he was ready to do a live thing with you. And you said no. So now you're going to reach back out and try to do something, you know, off camera in a summit. Okay. All right. Good luck. I mean, Putin already made it possible for him to be in office until he's in his 80s, right? Another couple of terms of his, uh, you know, be the in charge of Russia. Of course, he has to win the election. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, there's the possibility that he could lose the election. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's always that possibility, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, there is. Just like there's always that possibility that Andrew Cuomo is going to step down from being the governor of New York. It's not going to happen. They are never getting rid of They're going to have to drag that guy out. And we keep hearing reports now. The big report today was, uh, you know, that he compared himself to Sonny Corleone from the godfather that should be enough alone to kick this guy out of office he's the governor of the united states of america nobody wants to be sunny nobody wants to be sunny everybody wants to be Vito or michael that's the joke of why you know he and his brother are fredo because he's the dumb one i'm sorry he's not dumb he's smart not like everybody says i'm smart a quote from the movie if you don't know but i'm just saying and the report also says that biden reportedly said to cuomo he's got tremendous balls absolutely enormous balls now you can take that one way or the other i'm not i'll let you decide which way you want to take how then vice president biden meant him having enormous balls but a white house official has said no way that does not sound like something president biden would say no no it doesn't it doesn't sound like something president biden would say but it does sound like something senator and or vice president biden would say so uh, i would i would say that that absolutely absolutely joe biden said that just not as president and plus the governor of the united the governor of new york the state of new york and the united states of america is comparing himself to sonny corleone no sonny was sonny was uh hot-headed only in charge because his dad was shot and and thought to be murdered and yet still alive so he went off half cocked and then got killed so i mean you nobody wants to be sunny all right they want to be michael 
the guy who brought everything together and consolidated the family and ruled with an iron fist or they want to be Vito, who did the very same thing who built who built the family and created this bohemoth of a family emblazoned in crime and murder but <laughs> but nobody wants to be sunny so if that's true that just is proof positive that he's an idiot well i've got a couple of great crime stories that i've got to get to and there's just not enough time today so we'll do them uh on tomorrow's podcast i'll leave you with something that was sent to me on uh, on the internet uh, i believe it was facebook it might have been jeff fisher radio but it could have been twitter at jeffy jfr uh, or Jeff Fisher Radio on Facebook, um, Jeff Fisher Radio on Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio on Parlor. It could have been those, but I'm pretty sure it was Facebook. So these are rule barbecue rules. It was titled Barbecue Rules. And we're coming into summertime and springtime, and people are always barbecuing, and there's rules that you need to follow. And I thought you'd appreciate these barbecue rules, okay? Uh, we're about to enter the barbecue season. And I want to be clear that this isn't me. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay? I love you. And and you're important to me here on Chewing the Fat, no matter who you are. No matter how you identify, I love you. Okay? But this is just something that was sent to me, and I thought I would share it, because that's, you know, what I do here on Chewing the Fat is share. These are called Entitled Barbecue Rules. Actually, it's titled BBQ Rules. We are about to enter BBQ season. Therefore, it's important to refresh your memory on the etiquette of this sublime outdoor cooking activity. When a man volunteers to do the BBQ, the following chain of events are put into motion. Number one, the woman buys the food. Number two, the woman makes the salad, prepares the vegetables, and makes dessert. Number three, the woman prepares the meat for cooking, places it on a tray along with the necessary cooking utensils and sauces, and takes it to the man who is lounging beside the grill, beer in hand. Number four, the woman remains outside the compulsory three-meter exclusion zone where the exuberance of testosterone and other manly bonding activities can take place without the interference of the woman. Now, here comes the important part. Again, this is not me. This is what was sent to me on BBQ rules. Number five, the man places the meat on the grill. Number six, the woman goes inside to organize the plates and cutlery. Number seven, the woman woman, comes out to tell the man that the meat is looking great. He thanks her and asks if she will bring another beer while he flips the meat. Important again, number eight, the man takes the meat off the grill and hands it to the woman. Number nine, the woman prepares the plates, salad, bread, utensils, napkins, sauces, and brings them to the table. Number 10, after eating, the woman clears the table and does the dishes. Number 11, everyone praises the man and thanks him for his cooking efforts. Number 12, the man asks the woman how she enjoyed her night off, and upon seeing her annoyed reaction, concludes... There's just no pleasing some women. Again, this was sent to me on social media. I don't, uh, I, I just wanted to share so that you knew that there are rules to follow in this upcoming 
BBQ season. Oh, 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 oh,